This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. I've had a couple of listeners, because this is what I do. You know, I'm on Twitter at Karen Hunter, and and y'all hit me on Facebook. I am Karen Hunter, and you, you make requests. And a bunch of you actually separately requested that I have this guest on. And I, I reached out to her, and it was actually really easy. I reached out to her. She got right back to me. I called. She's like, who's who's calling me? She called me right back. It's like, who's calling? I was like, okay, all right. And then I had a conversation with her. We've exchanged emails. And, and this is a woman who I remember seeing back uh, in the 90s on Oprah. But she's been doing this work for the last 30-plus years. since the, Actually, longer than that. Since the assassination of Martin Luther King, this is what inspired her. But we're going to talk more about, and it's the brown, blue-eyed, brown-eyed exercise. It's not an experiment. It's an exercise. I got challenged on that, too. But let me welcome to the show teacher, lecturer, uh, diversity trainer, and a recipient of the National Mental Health Association Award for Excellence in Education. Let me welcome to the show Ms. Jane Elliott. <laughs> Thank you very much. But I'm not a teacher. I'm an educator. Edu- okay. I, I, well, listen, that's on your website. You will listen. Miss exactly. <laughs> Elliott, it says teacher on your website. So you got you to gotta tell the people doing your website. They got to fix that. Cause I, I'm, well, I keep, I keep telling them, but you know nobody, nobody listens to me. I'm listening. I'm listening. You, you, you jacked me up in, in an email. So I, I was telling the audience because I called it the, the brown, the blue-eyed, brown-eyed uh, ex, ex, uh, ex, um, experiment. And you were like, it is not an experiment. I mean, you yelled at me in an email email which i, I kind of i've done this before so i know what if you know how to do that it was powerful so so tell me why it's not an experiment and it's an exercise in, in an experiment you're doing something to learn from your subjects i wasn't trying to learn from those kids i was trying to educate them about the ignorance of treating people positively or negatively on the basis of a physical characteristic over which they have no control and i couldn't just talk to them about it i had talked to them about it for the whole year they hadn't understood. They have to understand. They had to know why Martin Luther King Jr. was in the street. It wasn't because he is, was black. It's because of the ignorance in this country of people who think there's something wrong with having skin color other than white. They had to know that the way he was being treated was the way we do not treat other members of the human race. And make no mistake about this. We are all members of the same race. And when you, and that means we're all members of the same family. And when you tr- mistreat one of my family members, which means m- another member of the human race, you are mistreating me. I won't have it. Yeah, I know this. And uh, it, it makes me smile at the deepest part of my, of my soul that you exist, Jane Elliott, because I want you cloned and duplicated many, many, many times over. I don't know you know, why we got to this place. I I often say when I get up in the morning, I never think about being black and I don't even think about being a woman. I'm just Karen, you know, and whatever Karen aspires to do that day, I don't even have to think about those things until I get out in, in front of the public, until somebody makes me feel different because of my gender or my, or my race. Or until you turn on Tucker Carlson. Now, wait a minute. It's all right. It seems to me that what Tucker Carlson needs is, a can of your juice. Super big. As soon as possible. <laughs> well, that's just going to help him with his circulation. That's not going to change the dynamic of his, you know, his yeah. racial bigotry. He's depressed. He sa- it says he's depressed about what President Obama said. How dare 
President Obama say, embrace your blackness. Since the first modern human beings that evolved on this earth were black and were all descendants of those first black females, you'd better embrace your blackness and hope everybody has a little more of it. Ooh, okay, so so let's, let's, let's back up a little bit. Let's take us way back to young Jane Elliott, uh, educator for a while. What happened to you that you became a crusader for racial justice? Number one, I'm not a crusader. I haven't become one. I don't want to be one. Okay. People killed the crusaders. I'm not ready to die yet. I've been threatened with death lots of times, but so far nobody's been successful. I'm not a crusader. I think there's something very wrong with a country that says liberty and justice for all and things in the Star-Spangled Banner, the land of the free and the home of the brave, when only white people are free and people of other colors have to be brave. There's something very wrong with that. And it irritated me every day when I had to, my students had to stand up, put their hands over their hearts, and say the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag with the words under God in it. I think we are doing against what we're... What we do speaks so loudly, it's hard for other people to hear what we say. We are saying one thing and doing another. And I'm proud of the Justice Department that is suing North Carolina now. Oh, I thought North Carolina was suing them. No, now I just saw the the. Uh, so they're counter suing. They said, "Oh, yeah. okay, we you sue yeah. us, we suing you back." Yes, okay, Loretta Lynch. Guess who's going to lose win that lawsuit? Uh, I'm I don't know. We're in some strange times, Jane Jane Elliott. I'm I'm not predicting anything anymore. I don't even understand Trump. I don't even understand that. Okay, so well, good. I'm so glad you don't understand him because you would have to be really, really uh, shallow. To understand T. Rump, so, your thinking mechanism would have to have gone awry <laughs> because this is ridiculous. I have never seen a situation like this at an, an election like this in the United States of America, and I've seen a lot of them, but I have never seen anything as ridiculous and as foolish and as ignorant as this one is. This is beyond anyone's imagination. We need a national blue-eyed, brown-eyed exercise, it appeers. Yeah, yeah, we, 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 I'd, like, I'd like to do the exercise with the members of, of Congress. Congress. Yeah, no, we I should. drive them right up a wall. We should, do, we should do that and film it. So, so, so explain to the people who have not. We, we actually uh, posted um, on our Twitter page some, you know, a video clip of the, of the exercise. Explain how you came up with the idea and then what what you came away with after you did it the first time and then 20 years later, 30 years later. Talk to us about the journey. It will be 50 years ago on, on April 4th, 2018. It will be 50 years since I separated my students according to the color of their eyes on the day after Martin Luther King was assassinated. And he wasn't just assassinated by James Earl Ray. He was assassinated by this society because he had dared to have the Poor People's March on Washington, which meant that he was bringing white people into his effort to change this situation for all of us. We knew very well, we white folks knew that we could we could perpetuate racism indefinitely. But we were frightened. They got frightened. The government and the people who have the power got frightened when they saw Martin Luther King Jr. bringing in white people into this situation. And then he had to die. 
Now, I didn't explain that to my third graders, but we were studying an Indian unit at the time. We didn't call them Native Americans. We called them Indians. And our lesson plan for the next day was to learn the Sioux Indian prayer that says, Oh, great spirit, keep me from ever judging a man until I've walked a mile in his moccasins. I came home from school that night. We were going to put up the teepee the next day. We were going to build Never mind what we were going to do with that. But I walked into my house. My telephone was ringing. I answered the telephone. My sister said, is your television on? I said, no, why? She said, you better turn it on. I said, why? She said, they shot him. And I said, who did they shoot this time? And I couldn't couldn't think. I couldn't think about what it might have been. And she said it was Martin Luther King, Jr. I've never forgotten how it felt when I heard that. And now talking about it, I get sick to my stomach, literally. Because Martin Luther King, Jr. had been one of our heroes of the month in February because he represented hope to my students. And for me, hope is an acronym for holding on to positive energy. And that's what Martin Luther King, Jr. was doing. We destroyed hope when we killed that man. I was furious. I sat and watched people interviewing leaders of the black community that night. One of them said, when our leader was killed, his widow held us together. Who's going to keep your people in line? I was furious because it was as if you aren't civilized enough to control your people. So I changed the channel. And there's another one saying to leaders of the black community, don't you Negroes think you should feel sympathy for us white people during this event? Because we can't feel the anger at this killing that you white, that you black people can. I was absolutely gobsmacked. How dare those two men make those ask those ignorant questions? And I decided at that minute that the next day, not only were we going to learn the Sioux Indian prayer, I was going to arrange to have it answered for them because I decided I would do what Hitler did. I would separate my students according to the color of their eyes, and we would discriminate against those who had the wrong color eyes in order for them to develop some empathy where people who are different from themselves in any way are concerned. I didn't know how this exercise would work. If I had known how it would work, I probably wouldn't have done it. If I had known that my four children who went to school in that system were going to be spit on, their belongings were going to be destroyed, they were going to be verbally and physically abused by their peers, by their teachers, and by the parents of their peers, because they had what is known to this day, and you won't like this, but this is what they call me, I am the only nigger lover in Mitchell County, Iowa. And this podcast is brought to you by Care Of. And you can go to TakeCareOf.com, use my code KAREN30 for 30% off. 30% off what, you ask? Vitamins, proteins, and more. And they personalize it just for you. You just have to take a quiz. It takes about five minutes. And they'll ask you questions about your health and your goals, if you're working out, uh, if you're getting enough sleep, if you're getting enough sleep. And then at the end, they will give you a regimen. And it will then be delivered straight to your door. Everything that you need packaged perfectly so every day's lined up. And uh, let me just say this because I didn't realize it at the end, but some of the pro- product, some of the products have um, soy. Some of the products have soy. Some have gluten. So make sure you're specific that if you don't want soy or gluten, tell them that you're allergic to it because that's what I did. But check it out. Um, it's really innovative. It's cr- it's great for those of us who are on the go and we need to you know get our vitamins in and our nutrients. It's nice to have a program that actually considers you individually because not every vitamin is made the same so check out takecareof.com enter karen30 for 30 percent off your first purchase takecareof.com enter karen30 for 30 percent off your first order give yourself support this season with a boost whether you're looking for energy better sleep to maintain stress or something else to help you feel your healthiest takecareof.com karen30 
and all if of I had Iowa. Known that was going to happen. I wouldn't have done that exercise. So let's if let's if back up. So you're you're in Iowa. We're talking about eight year olds. How many eight year olds are in this third grade class of yours? Nine year olds, and I think I had twenty four that year. Twenty four. Okay, so twenty four nine year olds. Excuse me. And right. you you hatched this plan. You came in. You separated the kids based on eye color. How many right. kids had brown eyes? How many kids had blue eyes? I don't remember what the numbers were that year, but I put brown-eyed people on the top that first day because there were more blue-eyed people than there were brown-eyed in the class, and I wow. had blue eyes, and I didn't want the power to be with the eye color. So I was one of those that they discriminated against on that day. And what did the discrimination, had, how, did, how did you play this out? Because we're talking about nine-year-olds, right? So the yeah, brown-eyed kids are, are now in power. The blue eyes are on the bottom of the totem pole. <laughs> I did what we do in this society. I made the blue-eyed people sit in the back of the room. Like going to the back of the bus, because you know blue-eyed people act out, and they don't learn as quickly as brown-eyed people do, and they'll distract the brown-eyed people, so they had to sit in the back of the room. They couldn't go out, they couldn't be on the big playground at recess, because you know they might get hurt. Was I doing this to be mean to them? No, I was doing it for their own good. They had to go last in the lunch line, because you know they might take too much, and then there wouldn't be enough left for the brown-eyed people. So we had to, we had to set up the... I set up the room the way we have set up this society, and we are still doing it. I expected blue-eyed people to get lower scores, and they did consistently. I expected brown-eyed people to be able to learn, and they did consistently. That was probably the most frightening thing that I saw happen. I thought I knew all about expectations. I knew nothing about expectations until I watched four dyslexic brown-eyed boys raise their grade level. With, within half an hour after I started the exercise. Simply, wait, 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 J- Jane Elliott, simply by telling them that they were superior, their Absolutely. scores went them, up within and hours. As, and treating them as what I said was true. This is what we have done with Donald Trump. We're doing the same thing with this fool. We wouldn't dream of doing this with a person of color. We're doing exactly the opposite to a man who really does know how to govern, because, but because his skin is black, we are treating him in absolutely, unbelievably ugly ways while we're putting this T-Rump on a pedestal. Do you understand what is happening in this country today? I understand because I watched it happen with my third graders. Until that moment, I told my, blue, I told my students, blue-eyed people aren't as smart as brown-eyed people. I'm standing at the front of the room, the teacher. Blue-eyed people aren't as clean as brown-eyed people. Blue-eyed people don't learn as fast as brown-eyed people. Immediately, little brown-eyed Debbie sitting in the front row looked up at me and she said, how come you're the teacher here if you got them blue eyes? Wow. Wow is right. And then some kid in the back said, if she didn't have them blue eyes, she'd be the principal of the superintendent. They're both brown-eyed. And they automatically assumed that what I said about brown was right. Later on in the day, I pulled down the map, the wall map. The map slipped, the ring slipped off my thumb. The map went around and around and around the roller the way it does in that old Excedrin commercial. And I said, well, I've done it again. And little brown-eyed Debbie, I can still see that child sitting there, literally snarled at me. Well, what do you expect? You've got blue eyes, haven't you? And as God is my judge, I have never felt about a child the way I felt about that. <laughs> I've never felt that way about one citizen. Because in, in a matter that. of hours, this child went from being, you know, a, an ordinary student to somebody yeah. that could then uh, enact terror on other people just because now she feels superior because she has brown eyes. And they did. They came in from recess 
and brilliant blue-eyed Carol, the Lutheran minister's daughter, who came into my room in February, reading at the sixth grade level, came in crying because as she walked across the playground, brown-eyed Debbie walked up, stepped up behind her, struck her across the back with her forearm, and when Carol turned around, Debbie said to her, now you have to apologize to me for getting in my way because I'm better than you are. And Carol apologized and came in crying. Wow. That's what happened with just, like, that was in the middle of the afternoon. So they, we hadn't been in school exposed to this for four hours. And they had become something I, had, I would never have imagined them being. It was absolutely terrifying. So, so I'm going to back up again, and then I want to fast forward. Again, little Jane Elliott growing up in Iowa, not just Martin Luther King. I get that. I get the connection. But what was in you that made you even want to have this experiment? It's not like you had a lot of black people in Iowa back in the 60s. I didn't want to have this exercise, but I was raised by a Baptist, an Irish Baptist father and an Irish Catholic mother. So I knew about discrimination. We were our one side of the family called us the dirty little bastards because we obviously were my parents couldn't possibly have been married. They were, but according to one side, they weren't. And so we were we were just seen as less than. So my dad said, Get out of here and get to college. What you put in your what you put in your head they can't take away from you. Mm-hmm. Get an education. And he also said every week a fair thing is a pretty thing, and a right wrongs no man. And he said, Never judge a book by its cover. And he said, have you ever been in the position that guy is? Until you've been where he is, don't judge him. He was a very, very moral man, and he drilled those things into us. Now some of your listeners are going to say, he was a man of cliches. Well, some of those cliches are very appropriate and ought to be drilled into people. And words are powerful, so I couldn't agree with you more. So so are are all your siblings as, as passionate about justice? Heavens no. All my siblings, my siblings aren't the middle one in the family. Okay. So you're I'm, the, I'm the, middle you're the child Marsha Brady. Seven. And it makes a big difference. When you're the middle child, there is a difference in birth order. Birth order does make a difference. I know how it feels to be the one who's left out because, you know, the, but it's long story. It doesn't matter. But it does change the way you see your world. And then when you watch people do things that your father would say was absolutely wrong and they get away with it because of a physical characteristic over which they have no control, then you know something's an educator has to put a stop to that. But you would think beyond, beyond your, your vast education, common sense would tell you, like I often say, you know, I'm, I didn't choose to be born black. So why you, why be, why am I discriminated against because I'm black? I didn't choose to be born a woman, you know? So somebody, because somebody who didn't choose to be born ignorant chooses to stay ignorant. <laughs> and that they could change. You see, that's something we could change. We can't change our skin color, and without a whole lot of problems, we can't change our gender. And I know for a fact now that I can't change this age, but I can change my level of ignorance. And as an educator, and the word educator comes from the duck deuce, which means lead, the prefix e, which means out, the suffix ate, which means the act of, and the suffix or, which means one who does. An educator, then, is one who leads people out of ignorance, who is engaged in the act of leading people out of ignorance. I could not allow my third graders to leave my room as ignorant 
at the age of nine as I had been at the age of, what was I, 35 or 36. I, by the end of the day, those, thir- those nine-year-olds knew more than their teachers did. So, and 50 I know years ago. Because I went down to the teacher's lounge at noon. I needed some help. I was just destroyed by what was happening in my classroom. These sweet little kids were becoming little monsters. So I walked into the teacher's lounge. There were a number of teachers in the lounge, including the other two third-grade teachers, one of whom was about 54 and the other was over 60, had been molding young minds for over 30 years. I told them what was happening in my classroom the day after Martin Luther King Jr. was shot. When I finished telling them what was going on, the younger of those two teachers said, I don't know how you have time for all that extra stuff. It's all I can do to teach reading, writing, arithmetic. Well, she hadn't taught reading, writing, and arithmetic yet. She should have done the extra stuff. The other one said, and I will never forget it as long as I live. Over 60 years old, church twice on Sunday and once in the middle of the week. So she said the day after Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. I don't know why you're doing that. I thought it was about time somebody shot that son of a bitch. And no teacher gasped. And no teacher frowned. And no teacher said, Helen, do unto others as you would have others do unto you. And no one said, God is love. And no one said, in so much as ye have done it unto these my brethren, so have ye done it unto me. Nobody complained. They all either smiled or laughed and nodded because she had expressed their feelings perfectly, and as the most senior member of the group, she had the most right to do so. Determined that no student will ever leave my presence with those attitudes or with the willingness to make that kind of remark where I am. That was my very first interview with Jane Elliott, the third grade teacher who the day after Martin Luther King Jr. was murdered, assassinated, she decided to conduct a blue eye, brown eye exercise, exercise, not experiment, with her class of all white students in Riceville, Iowa. It was groundbreaking work, and 50-plus years later, 60-plus years later, this woman is still fighting the battle against racism, and she doesn't have to because she comes from a homogenous, all-white society where people see things a little bit differently, but her life mission is to make people see each other. And I love her. I call her Cousin Jane. That was Jane Elliott on The Karen Hunter Show. I hope you enjoy. Hit me up on Twitter, at Karen Hunter. You can reach out to me, ask me anything, hashtag podcast, and I'll get to your questions eventually on a Sunday. Till next time. <laughs>